We all love a good redemption story. And on today's podcast, you'll hear the personal story of God's amazing love and rescue in one of our members' lives. Welcome to the Here at Home podcast, a podcast about the people here at McGregor, their stories, their ministry, and their love for Jesus. And if you're joining us for the first time, my name is Mark Bricker, and I'm the host for the Here at Home podcast. And thank you so much for joining us. You know, we'll bring you a fresh new episode every other week, and we would love to have you be a part of our Here at Home podcast community. So go ahead and subscribe if you haven't already done so. And that way you'll get each episode delivered straight to your podcast player. And by the way, if you're enjoying the podcast, please share it with your friends. So welcome our guest today on the Here at Home podcast, Courtney Allen. So glad to have you, Courtney. Thanks for having me. You glad to be here? Yes, I am. All right. Yep. Well, it, 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 I have been looking forward to this. We've had a chance to talk a little bit, and I've been really looking forward to, to hearing more of your story. But before we dive into all that, let's let our viewers and listeners uh, get to know you a little bit, because I have a feeling some people out there might not know who Courtney Allen is. So tell us a little bit, first of all, about your family. Uh, my name is Courtney Allen. Um, I just turned 34 last week. Wow, she's throwing out her age yes. right off the bat. I'm married to Nate, and we have three kids, Isaiah, who is five, London, who is four, and we just had a baby girl, Austin, and she is going on six months. Oh, yep. so you, you got your hands full then. Yes, we do. Busy house. Busy, busy house. Yes. Now, how long have you been a member here at McGregor? I've been a member at McGregor for almost going on five years now. Five years. So it's been a while. Yep. Yeah. Well, I know that you have a, a really amazing story um, about how God, and I use the phrase in the opening about how he rescued you. And that's really for all of us that uh, have come to know him in a personal way. It really is a story of, of rescue, of redemption, of deliverance. And so I would love for you just to, to share that to part of that story with our listeners. I think they would not only enjoy hearing that story, but I think it can also be really an encouragement to a lot of folks. So I know you're probably gonna have to go back a little bit and give us a little bit of the backstory, but I'll let you start where you feel like you need to. Um, yes. When I look at my life and where I started and where I am now, um, I feel like it's almost impossible for someone to say that God isn't real or that he doesn't exist because mm. there's really no way to explain my transformation. It wasn't, it wasn't my doing. It, it was all God. And um, I just uh, hope that my testimony um, helps anyone out there that maybe is doubting or is unsure if he really does exist, that um, it proves that he does. Um, and, and there's something powerful about a changed life. Yes. And that's exactly what you're talking about here. And, yes. and, and there's complete evidence as they'll hear in your story yes. of a life that has truly been transformed. Yes. Um, so I would say, uh, I guess I'd have to go pretty far back, but I lost my parents. I lost my dad when I was eight years old mm. um, due to cancer. Um, uh, primarily related to cigarette smoking. And then shortly after that, I lost my stepdad when I was about uh, 21 years old. Okay, so both dad and, and then stepdad. I'm, and I'm assuming your stepdad became very he important to He was a very, uh, I, I considered him my dad. Mm -hmm. um, just because my dad passed away when I was so young. I have really good memories with him, but um, I was still pretty young. And my mom remarried my stepdad about three years later. So he raised me mm -hmm. um, 
uh, for quite a bit of my life. Uh, yeah. Yes, and um, I considered he was a really good man, a good father figure in my life, yes. And so I lost him when I was 21 um, to, it's called valley fever, but it's kind of like a form of pneumonia. And uh, he also had diabetes and it was just one trickle effect after the other. He got um, pneumonia and got pretty serious and then he was in the hospital for over a year. Um, and then mm. by the time they transferred him to uh, the rehab hospital, uh, from what they explained that because of his diabetes, his blood sugar dropped. And when they found him, he he pretty much was brain dead. Um, mm. And uh, then I lost my mom about three years after that due to cancer as well. She, wow. Um, went into the hospital because she said she was having stomach pains and they just thought maybe it was a, a gallbladder issue and then f found out that she had lymphoma cancer and she passed away four months later. Mm. So here you are, 24, young adult. You've lost your dad, your stepdad, who was like a dad to you. Yes. And now you've lost your mom. Mm -hmm. So what kind of state do you find yourself in as a 24 that's had that kind of loss in her life? I was already in kind of a rough state when I lost my stepdad. Um, that's when it really kind of started to, uh, my life started to take a turn around then. I started going out a lot and drinking and partying. Um, I can even admit that I was even selfish with the time that I spent with my mom. Um, you know, I really even strayed away from her a little bit. Um, and then when I lost my mom, I really kind of, took a turn for the worst. And um, I was partying pretty much Thursday through Sunday, um, drinking, mm. doing drugs, um, and bad relationships, um, and definitely not living for Jesus at that point in my life. What, what, what was the driving force behind that kind of behavior in your life? A lot of anger and pain and confusion. Uh, I, just didn't seem like it was fair. And uh, I was a young girl, and I think a lot of it was because I did lose my father so young, I would call it what you would say, maybe father-daddy issues. Mm. And um, I was kind of looking in the wrong places for love even. I just wanted to be loved, cared for, taken care of. Um, and a lot of it was just to mask the pain. Mm. And sure, maybe it masked it in that moment, but then, you know, you wake up the next morning and you're looking around or thinking, you know, what am I doing with my life? Um, so I, it was definitely a lot of anger and pain and resentment for what had taken place in my life. Yeah. Now, you had not grown up with no information about who God was. You no. had you, you did not have a relationship with mm -mm. with him at this time, but you did have some understanding. Give us a little bit of the background about your uh, your understanding of who God was and scripture and different things. Yeah, I, I grew up in the church. I went to church with my mom almost every Sunday. My mother was Catholic. Um, so we did go to church every Sunday and I was confirmed uh, probably I think around maybe eight or so. And that is uh, in the Catholic Church when uh, you, I guess, kind of give your life to Christ then and they teach you like, you know, Jesus Christ and the Trinity and you have to answer all these questions. But that was kind of like how I viewed my relationship with Jesus, that it was kind of uh, just step by step, read this, do that. And um, it was almost like I just knew Jesus in the book. It wasn't like he was actually living in my heart. But yeah, I, I did know of Jesus and God, and I did go to church every Sunday, but I, I didn't have a relationship with him. Um, 
And I can say that I didn't really, you know, think that he even loved me, especially mm. despite everything that was going on. I kind of looked at him like he didn't care for me. Um, yeah, I guess that's the best way to explain it. Yeah. So having a little bit of understanding, but through all that, was there a kind of a, a thought that, well, maybe what I'm doing is not right, or maybe this isn't the best way to handle my anger and my struggle that I'm going through? Like I s said, when I started to really take a turn in my life, um, I would, I would wake up every morning and it was like, I'd feel like a nudge in my heart that, you know, this isn't what my mom would want for me. And I, I would even say, you know, God, if you are out there, is this what you want for me? You know? And, um, yeah, the, it, it was definitely, um, I, I was really confused. Mm. I would say that. Now I know, um, t sharing with me a little bit about location and context. We didn't really go into that, but you're living in, in Arizona. Yes. Uh, but somewhere along here, you get an opportunity to, to move to California, right? Yes, I was living in Arizona. So I lived, um, was living in Tucson, Arizona. And then when my mother passed away, I took a job up in Phoenix, Arizona, which is about two hours from there. So I moved up there and um, Phoenix is a bigger city, lots more to do. So I was partying a lot, going out a lot. Um, I guess you could say at the time, thinking I was living it up and working and um, I went to apply for a new job and I quit my current job to take on a new job and I was supposed to take it like within a day and they called me up and said that they could no longer bring me on to work for the company because it was a sales job and they noticed my in my driving record mm -hmm. that I had gotten a DUI um, and that it was just too much liability to bring me on to, um, to work for them. So that's when I really think I hit rock bottom um, because now I, Thank you know the Lord that my previous job actually took me on for hired me back, but for the most part um, I was jobless. Um, even my relationship with I guess my so-called boyfriend at the time was horrible, um, and I was doing drugs. I was drinking. I had almost gotten that DUI. Um, looking back now, I'm like I'm surprised. Honestly, I I didn't die at some point in my life. Mm. He. God shed a lot of grace and mercy on me during that time. But I, that's when I remember, like it was yesterday, I was in my apartment and I just remember screaming and crying in anger, um, scared and just kind of yelling at God, like, what's next? Like, you know, now I don't have a job. I don't know what to do. Um, and I don't even remember how I came across the book or who even gave it to me that it almost gives me chills thinking about it but there is a, a book written by Rick Warren it's called Purpose Driven Life right. and I just remember I think it was like laying on my bookshelf or my bed and something told me to just pick it up and start reading it and I did I, I picked up the book and I started reading it and um, it talked to me about like what it meant to be a Christian and how to, like having a relationship with Jesus Christ and um giving your life to Jesus Christ. And that's when I s started to take a turn. And, you know, I remember, you know, crying out to God saying, Lord, I, I have no idea what I'm doing. And mm. I, I'm so lost and so broken and basically asking him like to please help me, mm. um, please help me 
to change and to stop making these same decisions that I make every single week. And please help me to find um, a, a man that genuinely cares for me and my well-being and to even just stop, you know, putting all my trust in uh, men and to, um, at that point, like, you know, Lord, help me to put my trust in you. Um, but yes, that's so. It was at a very low point. Yes. And all of a sudden, it's almost like you got a lifeline. Yeah. And you realize, wait a minute, God does love me. Yes. Um, and He does have something for me. And then in that moment, you know, when you're crying out to Him, really in that spirit of brokenness, mm -hmm. as you said, and and confession, I I can't do it on my own. I have to I have to put my trust in Him. And now where I'm at now, I, I look back and I see that. But in that moment, I didn't even realize that's what I was doing right. was crying out for him to be my Lord and savior. But now looking back, I see that, mm. but, um, it's kind of that, that saying sometimes, God, sometimes you need to be so broken and to where God brings you to your knees, you know, and it's not to say that happens for everyone, but that's what happened to me. And that was just all his mercy and grace mm. that, you know, um, but yes, it was, I can't tell you the exact date, but I can remember it like it was yesterday. Like it was several occasions I would cry, cry out to him because I did want to change. I didn't want to keep living that way. I saw what it was bringing me. It was just, mm. you know, uh, trouble and, um, it wasn't doing anything good for my life, you know? And so, um, but it was a continuous thing. Like it was kind of like, I, I would, I was crying out to them and he would help pick me up a little bit and then I'd cry out to him again and he'd help me. It was like a, a process, you know? Um, and uh, yeah, that's around the time when I discovered the book Purpose Driven Life. Um, and then I started opening up my Bible and actually reading it to have a better understanding of Jesus Christ and to build a relationship with him, not reading it just to, I guess, memorize some scripture and, right. you know, reading it like it's just some book on a bookshelf, you know, but it's, it's a living word, like having it really resonate in my heart. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Now at some point in time, shortly after that, I, is you, you did get moved to California, right? Yes. So me losing, um, that job was actually, uh, the hand of God working in my life because he needed me to move to California. And, um, about a month after, a couple of weeks to a month after that, uh, someone was looking for a sales rep in Los Angeles, California. And so I, t I took the job to go there because at the time I really didn't have a job. I was just kind of working uh, part time until I found a job. Um, and uh, but yes, uh, so I ended up moving to Los, Cal uh, Los Angeles, California, living right in Hollywood. Um, as a sales rep for a nutritional company. So here, here you are, really a, a, a brand new Christian, don't know a whole lot yet, wanting to live for the Lord. Yes. And you end up in I'm like of the all places. Of Hollywood. I mean, I literally lived a street over from Hollywood Boulevard. I could look from my apartment down <laughs> onto Hollywood Boulevard. Yeah. And, um, but I think like I, I've t I kind of mentioned to you briefly before, like how looking back, I can see how God was really starting to, was present in my life because I really, you'd think I'd be out on the strip, you know, every night, like in the fast life, but I had no urgency. I, um, I wasn't, you know, participating in the things that I used to. And that was all God um, working in my life. But yeah, he brought me to Hollywood, California. And at the time I really wasn't going to church. I was praying to find like a good church home. Um, and after I got done reading uh, the Purpose Driven Life book, I looked on the back and I was like, hmm, I wonder if, you know, there's any, 
if uh, he has any campuses around here. And sure enough, they had just opened a brand new Saddleback location within five minutes walking distance from my apartment. Like it literally had just opened maybe a couple months prior. Oh, wow. um, and so I just I started going to church there, and that's where I was baptized and. and uh, Continue to grow and yes. be taught and mm -hmm. be discipled. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that's pretty amazing how here you are and thinking, okay, where am I going to find a church in Hollywood? But God provided and mm -hmm. had a place for you to be taught the word. And, and, and was that really where you kind of got some of that first training and how to yes. study and how to, how to grow? Yes. Um, before um, being able to serve in the church and um, before getting baptized, they have you take uh, some courses um, just so that you have a good understanding of Jesus Christ and really know like what it means to give your life um, to God, which I feel that I'd already given my life to Christ before then, but I was, I wanted to, I'd been baptized as a baby, but it wasn't, you know, in the Catholic church, but I didn't look at it like, that wasn't me really having a full understanding of what it means and you know and salvation and giving your and claiming right. Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior and so um, but yes they really um, helped me grow my walk um, and um, gave me a, a better idea of you know what it really means to truly be saved. Okay, so now you're you're growing in your your relationship with the Lord. You've been baptized and and that baptism now on after your conversion experience. And so uh, you're now moving forward, but there's still something missing, right? What's, uh, what's, what's next in the story? Yes, um, so I feel like I took a year to myself and just really devoted a lot of time to, um, to God and just, um, I wanted to get out and like serve and um, just really heal a lot of broken, wounds that I mm. had. And someone told me once, you know, cause I, I was ready to get married and settle down. And someone told me the man that you're seeking, you know, God wants to mold you to also be that woman, you know, here I was had this list of what I wanted my husband to be, but you know, was I that woman to also provide mm. him that those same needs, like a, a strong Christian woman who was strong in her faith and her foundation, you know, and so I just really took a break from dating and just um, really focus on building my relationship with God. And then... Okay, so hold on, because that's kind of foreign to a lot of people. I mean, I, I love what you just said, that you said, I'm not going to even think about dating anybody mm -hmm. for a year. Mm -hmm. And maybe, I don't know, if did you say a year or is that just a... It was about a year. I don't know, but it was at least about 10 months or so. Yeah. Yes. I just wasn't going to... Uh, have that even in my radar at that time because I just felt that I had a lot of uh, baggage that I needed to really, you know, work on and deal with. Because yes, when mm. you give your life to Christ, um, you do start to see a transformation, but it, it, I feel like, you know, for, at least for me personally, I, I still had a lot of things that I through. struggled with <laughs> yeah. and questions and yeah. fears, you know, and so and I, just the growth still in yes. your life that was needed there mm -hmm. to prepare. Yes. Absolutely. Mm -hmm. Well, I think that is such a wise thing to do. Mm -hmm. And uh, I think that might be an encouragement to somebody right now, maybe that's struggling mm -hmm. and, you know, really just wanting to get that, find that right person. And we'll just wait a minute, just hold on, stay focused on your relationship with the Lord and allow God's timing to, to work in that. I was telling my husband, I want to say like, maybe a few months ago, how I, I never want to go back into that time in my life, but that I like, almost miss that, you know, I, w I just felt so close to the Lord at that point. And not that I still don't feel close to Him, but I, it's a feeling I just can't explain. Like, I really, you know, 
was trusting him. Like even on moments where I felt so alone and like I didn't have anyone, you know, I knew he was there. And it's a feeling that you really can't describe. But when you give your life to Jesus Christ, he, he will comfort you in ways that, like I said, the Holy Spirit, you know, it, it's a experience that you can't really, yeah. it's a miracle, you know? And so. And I think that's neat because you were out in LA, Hollywood, mm-hmm. pretty much by yourself. You didn't mm-hmm. know really anybody, mm-hmm. maybe some people you work with, yes. but, uh, but yet that was one of the most special times in your life mm-hmm. um, because of your, your time mm-hmm. with the Lord during that time. Mm-hmm. That's awesome. Okay. So now uh, 10, 12 months has passed and. Uh, and then I started praying for a husband um, and I, I literally was praying, Lord, if this is not the man that you even want me to remotely give a, any time and attention to, please like shut that door, like, or, you know. <laughs> make it clear quick. Make it clear. <laughs> I don't, you know, I want it to only be of, you know, in your will. And, and it was true. I went on a couple dates and like, they probably thought I was mean or stuck up, but I, I was honest with them. I said, I'm sorry, I'm looking for a, a strong Christian man in my life. and. Um, it, this just isn't going to work. And um, it was literally probably after one day and they're probably thinking, how would you even know that? But I, I was, God was really leading me and guiding me. Mm-hmm. And then I saw a um, match.com commercial and I kept seeing them and living in Los Angeles was a little hard to date. Um, just, I don't want to say that, that all men out there are like that, but I just was kind of finding a lot of superficial, you know, mm-hmm. um, and I just wanted something, uh, I wanted a strong Christian man that was humble and kind of down to earth and didn't care about the glitz and the glam and uh, wasn't worried about partying on the weekends. Um, and then I got an email for a th- uh, free three-month trial, and I s- said, Lord, you know what, I'm going to give this a shot. Um, and sure enough, the first person I met on there was my was my husband and the rest is history. Wow. First, first person, nobody else. No one else. <laughs> nope. That's awesome. Yes. And that was the same for him, for me. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, well, oh really? Okay. Yes. And what makes it even more, you know, ironic is that I had said it for my, for them, they needed to be within a 25 mile radius. And he, I was living in Los Angeles and he was living in Oakland and somehow he popped up. So you know, it's just weird that I had set it for within a 25 mile radius. And that's, uh, you know, over a lot further than yes. 25 miles. Yeah. Yeah. And so obviously that was all God, you know, Wow. he can even full technology. Yeah. <laughs> so. Well, it's neat to hear, hear your story and, uh, and to hear how, how God brought you from really a time in your life where you were, as you said, angry, really rebelling. I mean, you were kind of in, in a lot of ways, just almost the, the textbook case of what, how we think of our, our rebellion to God before Christ. And it was being played out in a very visible way. Sometimes people hold it in a little more, but you are living that out. And yet you still sense that, that need for something and that brokenness in your life. Mm-hmm. And boy, the transformation in Courtney, and I, I, I have known you for a few years now and, and have seen your, your love for Jesus and your love for the word of God, your love for his church. And man, the evidence of, of a transformed life. And I didn't know you back then, mm-hmm. but just from what you've told me and what we've heard today, yeah, it is it is amazing. What's God uh, been been teaching and showing you recently? Um, recently, He's really laid it on my heart um, to uh, volunteer and serve at this. Um, it's kind of like a I don't want to say it. it's like a women's. Uh, well, men can go there too. A women's and men's clinic is called Verity. Mm-hmm. Um, and he actually laid it on my heart like three years ago and I kept trying to dodge it a little bit. And 
every time, like I would either run into someone that worked there or, you know, I, and then it was literally a straight, like, okay, it's, it's time. So that's something he's laid on my heart because I feel that there are a lot of women out there who are broken and have maybe have gone through some things mm -hmm. um, that I've gone through. And I just want to be able to share my testimony with them and love on them and, um, remind them that despite, you know, of their past or where they came from, that that doesn't define them and that, uh, you know, that their Lord and Savior Jesus Christ loves them. And um, th that was so, some uh, where he kind of healed me because for so long, I, I because I didn't have a father figure, so I thought I didn't have a father figure. You know, I finally came to, you know, look at Jesus uh, Christ as my father, like, you know, my past isn't what defines me as a woman. I'm right. defined by what God defines me as. Well, that's an amazing ministry, Verity, and mm -hmm. I'm grateful. I'm sure they're very grateful to have you yeah, serving out there. Yeah, that's something he's laid on my heart. Yeah, yeah that's mm -hmm. awesome. Uh, I also know you have a real passion for all things physical and health and, yes. uh, and even blending those together with, uh, with our faith. So talk a little bit about that. Um, yes, I'm really into health and fitness, and I feel like that's an outlet that God kind of placed in my life. Um, when I was actually living in Los Angeles, it kept me busy, and it was something that I really enjoyed doing. And finally, I, you know, I realized I can use this for God's glory. You know, it doesn't just have to be a workout. I can uh, incorporate, you know, your faith and fitness together of how. Uh, God blesses us with this body um, so that, you know, we can honor him and serve him. So uh, re uh, last year we had our first ever faith and fitness retreat where we um, first gave glory to God and thanked him for the opportunity to exercise. And we kind of do like a, a Bible time and we really read scripture. And, um, and then we also incorporate exercise into it, into it as well. And I think they both you know, go beautifully hand in hand together because they both require, you know, sacrifice um, and obedience and patience. Um, it's the one thing that I all, you know, really wanted to hone in on though, is that exercise can't bring you true peace, joy, and happiness. Only Jesus Christ can. And I th would run into a lot of women that would, you know, be like, oh, if I only lost 10 pounds or if I only look like this, you know, I'd be happier. And and that's where I wanted to bring the message uh, um, of Jesus Christ to them that, no, you, you could be looking for the rest of your life for that in that area. That's you know, right. you f you're only going to find that in, you know, in Jesus Christ. So mm. now that what was the t what was the name of the retreat? faith and fitness, faith retreat. and fitness retreat that was pre COVID, right? It was during COVID. It was during COVID. Okay, mm -hmm. that's right. And it actually was a really timeline. awesome turnout. And it was here at the church mm -hmm. at McGregor. And uh, that was the first one. And mm -hmm. we had about 50 ladies show yeah. up. Yeah. Mm -hmm. I knew it was very successful. Mm -hmm. And so perhaps there's more to come. We're actually in the process of hoping to have another one this summer. Mm -hmm. Awesome. Yeah. yeah. And I love that whole thought that, you know, it, exercise is not the, the ultimate answer. Mm -hmm. it's, uh, it's Christ. Mm -hmm. But we can bring those two together. Yes. and. And uh, have a have a have a special time, and yes. hopefully it was in time of encouragement for those ladies as it well. It was, and that's yeah. really what I wanted it to be about, especially during that time when people were very fearful and confused. It was a time to just be really encouraged and just to really um, put their trust in God during these times that you know can be a little fearful and unknown. Yeah. One final question: What would you say to somebody that maybe is listening and uh, is struggling with? Maybe some of the same things you have struggled with, uh, whether it be the loss of a parent or maybe just that that looking, you know, for the 
in the wrong places for the, 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 the answers of life. What would you say to encourage someone that's, that maybe is struggling like you were? That um, God can heal you and comfort you um, in ways that um, I can't even describe. And that at that point in my life, um, this idea that I had of God was that I needed to uh, almost work my way to Him. Hmm. And I just want them to know that God wants you right where you are, um, right in your mess. Um, he doesn't want you to try to pick up all the pieces and come to Him perfect because that's never going to happen. That's right. He just wants you to surrender it all to Him. And it is scary because if you're not familiar with it, you are probably wondering, like, how is this even possible? But it is possible. And mm. um, when I look at my life, I can't even... You know, it brings me to tears because, quite honestly, I, I honestly sh I can name you two times I probably should have been dead, and I'm still alive here and today. And I know that it is all God's um, mercy and grace on my life, and yeah. and it's just by coming to Him um, and just surrendering it to Him and just crying out to Him, and no good works could get you there to Him. It's just simply by His grace, grace, Amen. and you trusting Him. What a beautiful uh, way to end our, our podcast, Courtney, with that wonderful truth of God's amazing grace demonstrated through what Christ did for us mm -hmm. on the cross. Mm -hmm. Thank you so much for being Thank a guest with me. us. It's been a privilege to hear your story, and uh, I hope it's been as much a blessing for those listening as it's been for me. It's so, been an honor. Thank you. You bet. Well, that wraps up another episode of Here at Home, and thank you, Courtney, for joining us and being a part of our Here at Home podcast. And thank you, listeners, for being a part of our podcast. What a blessing to be able to share what God is doing here at home and to be encouraged together. Again, if you haven't subscribed yet to the podcast, please take a moment to do that. And while you're subscribing, you might want to check out our other podcast channels. Do you know we have other podcast channels, Courtney? We do. We do so now. you can head on over to hereathomepodcast.com for all the details. Thanks again for listening, and we'll see you in a couple of weeks back here at home.